0: And welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood Podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links in WNBA news analysis and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and this week I'm really excited to be joined by um, somebody who I've, I've worked alongside at, at Windsider. Um, he's a senior writer at Windsider, Owen Pence. Um, he's also a co host uh, along with, with Miles on Pull Up with Miles and uh, Owen. Um, so go check out that podcast as well. But um, I've known Owen um, since I started at Windsider, even a little bit before then. I've I've always followed his work on, on social media, on Windsider.com, um, elsewhere wherever he else he has had bylines, which has been um, a lot of different places and he does a lot of great work. So I've I've known Owen for a little while, but I've I've had the pleasure of getting to know him a little bit better while working at Windsider. Um, and, and he's a great guy, great writer, great reporter, um, and somebody who I'm I'm very excited to have on the podcast this week. Um and, and we we talked a little bit earlier um, before, it was towards the end of last week, um, we we caught up and, and you know talked everything about the WNBA, about the Lynx, um, kind of where the Lynx are at at that point. Um, they at the time were just coming off a win against the Washington Mystics last Wednesday, um, and then they were going into the into the weekend where they ended up, um, you know, pulling off two impressive road wins against New York and Connecticut. Um, going into going into Tuesday, uh, once again facing Connecticut. Uh, but we talked a little bit about where the links are at, uh, you know, following that Washington game. Um, just kind of taking a deep dive into what we've seen, what you know, what's what's gone well for Minnesota. Um, what we talked about from Nafisa Collier and her MVP campaign. Um, obviously, right now she's currently out with an ankle injury, um, so hopefully she can get back soon and continue that that strong season. But. Um, we talked a lot, uh, Owen and I did, about basically everything basketball related. So it was, it was a really fun chat. Um, but before I want to get, uh, before I jump into that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about this Lynx Team. Um, we we talked. I just mentioned they they won, um, you know, two straight games. Well, it's been three straight games now going to Tuesday. Uh, but they won two games back to back on the road against two of the three top teams in the WNBA. First was New York, and then it was Connecticut. And the way they did that, especially without Nafisa Collier in the lineup. Um, was pretty dang impressive, um, and they they played, you know, they did play their two probably their two best games all season, um, and and to do that without Nafisa Collier is impressive for a young rebuilding team, um, you know, like the Lynx, um, you know, obviously they were they were relying relying really heavily on on the leadership and the veteran presence of Caleb McBride. She's stepped up quite a bit. Um, and you look at the rookie duo of of Diamond Miller and Dorky Uhas, they've been playing outstanding. Uh, they they're just a very steady. Consistent group, um, and they're playing huge roles for Minnesota right now in their rookie campaign. So, the, those two have been really impressive. Um, then you look at somebody like Jess Shepard off the bench. Uh, Jess Shepard's been great since she's returned, and she's only getting better as the games move along, which is expected for somebody who is coming off of a, a lengthy absence. Um, but she's, she's been playing great as well. Ariel Powers came off the bench and had 14 for Minnesota against Connecticut on, on Sunday. Um overall it's just it they're they're looking they're shooting the ball really well and they they just look like a good team. They're a balanced team. Um and I'm excited to see what it can look like once Nafisa Collier gets back into the mix and um you know the the team hopefully continues on this trend. So uh, they have two tough games coming up again um against the same opponents they just played. They have Connecticut on Tuesday, um, and then they have um New York again at home uh this time, but they have New York again on Friday. So busy week this week, but um with that said, um, Owen and I, like I said, we we kind of jumped into into everything basketball related. We talked a little bit at WNBA at the beginning, um, talk a little bit about him too, as as I traditionally do with my guests, or annual or weekly do with my guests. Uh, but then we also, you know, we did, we take a deep dive into the links. We take a deep dive into you know where they're at right now, where they're going, the players, how they're performing, uh, moving forward, what what the links might look like. Um, I and mean, so on. So it's a lot of great, great insight from my, Owen. He takes a deep dive into into everything. So, um, really in depth stuff here. And and I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm lucky to have him on, or I was lucky to have him on. Um, and I'm thankful he was joining this podcast. Uh, before we jump into that, um, I I apologize. I I forgot one more thing. Uh, before we uh, get going with the the interview with Owen, I just want to mention our Patreon page. Um, I I. Do this every week in the podcast, but you know, our Patreon page is, is somewhere where I give exclusive information, give, give kind of exclusive perks, early access to podcast uh, ability to make suggestions for, for a future podcast. You, you think you um, have, you know, have a question you want answered. If you, if you think you have a suggestion uh, that you want to mention to me, please, please let me know. Um, send me an email. I, I want to know. Um, and I, I allow our patrons to do our patrons to do that um, at the Hitting Hardwood Patreon community. I also, um, if they have a, a future, you know, guest they want to hear, they can submit that too. Um, so, so please join our, our Patreon community. I, I try and do exclusive um, um, stories every week, um, exclusive news. Um, you get the uh, newsletter three times a week instead of once a week. Um, so the, there's a lot of exclusive perks, and you get discounts at our at our uh, Hitting the Hardwood store. So. A lot of cool stuff. Go check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. That's patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. All right. Now let's jump into the interview with Owen. Owen, how are you doing, man? Thank you for joining me.
1: I am well. How are you, Mitchell?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, how's uh, how's everything going with you and in the WNBA season so far?
1: It's been it's been spectacular. We're, we're recording on Thursday, July twenty seventh, which is a a big date. It's a date that Ryan Howard, uh, tweeted out over a month ago after the last meeting between the Dream and the Liberty. So today is basically I was thrilled to be able to you know record this podcast today because I'm basically just counting down the the minutes until seven o'clock hits and and we can watch magic happen on
0: the court. Yes, absolutely. It- one thing with the WNBA is there's no shortage of drama. I think uh, you know Mondays are are definitely of uh, uh, you know no games. It seems like there there's always drama on Mondays. There's always something going on, but there's no shortage of drama with the the players in the WNBA in general.
1: It's like that. It's like that meme. Like zero days since since the, <laughs> the WNBA has been unnecessarily messy. Something like right, that. You right. know. And it's and it's it's. Uh, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm thoroughly excited.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh well let's uh let's kind of start things off with um an introduction to you and, and kind of where people can find your work and, and everything that you, get, you have going on right now.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um well I guess I'll start with uh with my our podcast, me and Miles Ehrlich, uh the the legend of the New York Liberty beat, uh and just an all-around tremendous person. We have a podcast called Pull Up with Miles and Owen. And the goal is it's women's hoops. It is just interviewing people um who we really want to talk to, a mix of players, coaches, media. Um, and you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts, I think, unless you find your podcasts in some weird corner of the internet where ours uh is is not there. Uh, but Spotify, Apple, all all those. All those places you can find us, um, you can find my written work on winsider.com, uh, alongside yours, of course, um, I just wrote on the aces last week, I wrote our power rankings this week. Um, and then I I freelance elsewhere and, and uh, I'll always tweet it out when I do so I'm at Owen Pence, pretty, uh, pretty straightforward
0: yeah it um uh, you know i've you know not only you but you know the rest of the the team at Windsider, i've said this in the past it's it's a great great group um like i said yourself included um uh, you know a lot of good work a lot of talented writers a lot of just really cool people nice people um and and a lot of good stuff that that is is being done there and as well as your podcast i i really enjoy listening to your guys podcast i'm a regular listener myself so i I, I like all the guests that, that you guys have on there and um, uh, you and Miles do a great job with that. So it's, it's a lot of great stuff.
1: I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, the Windsider team is tr- terrific. We've had a lot of uh, awesome new additions this year who are killing it, written work, social media stuff uh, on these playbacks all around just a, a great team. And yeah, I I appreciate it on the podcast. It was something where, You know, Miles and I have gotten to know each other in this space over the last few years and, you know, slowly and then quickly realized that we have uh, a ton in common, Uh, you know, New York sports and just all this stuff. So we'd go out and get drinks and just chop it up about the W or about the Knicks or really whatever um, and we were like, well, why don't we, why don't we record this and talk to people? And so it's been, uh, it's been very natural and, and been, uh, very flattered by the, by the response. So mm-hmm. I, I greatly appreciate it.
0: Yeah. it was, it was, uh, uh, you know, kind of bigger, you know, it was important news. I think it was over the off season or leading up into, into this season, you, you and Miles kind of got promoted or stepped up to, to senior writers, um, which which is obviously well deserved in, in a uh, you know a great great expansion onto what you guys um, already do. But um, yeah, so that you know maybe maybe if you don't mind, just kind of talk a little bit about that, and what that all entails and, and kind of those, maybe the, the extra responsibilities or kind of the expanded role that that you guys are now taking on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been cool. I think that uh, the the like leadership, if you will, of Winsider is very fluid. So it's a lot of communication and it, no one's really like big timing it. Um, and uh, I think that, that that's been cool is, is just Miles and I talk a lot about the growth of the site and just the WNBA media landscape in general and we have a lot of ideas and so as much as i love writing writing is my favorite thing to do it is why i studied journalism it's why i am where i am right now um you know we also have had bigger picture ideas and same with jasmine and people who are really um making this site what it is on a daily basis chris with the graphics so i think that that what the this promotion to senior writers has entailed is just a lot of discussions um, with the people I just mentioned. And then also with all of our exceptional writers, social media people, uh, you know, people on playbacks, et cetera. It is a lot of bigger picture stuff where we are trying to cover this league in the way that it deserves and some of that means uh you know keeping track of when was the last time we wrote about this team and okay we're we're lacking here we don't want to just be writing about the aces and the liberty um and then uh, other other parts of that are how can we grow how can we increase our playback audience how can we uh build up our patreon community so that we're bringing subscribers uh, fresh kind of different content that you might not see on the main site that's a little looser it's a little more fun Um, so it's just been a lot of conversations like that which are which are still ongoing Um, from just a direction of the website and and, uh, and it's been very rewarding
0: yeah I probably should mention too so um, um, neither of us get fired that uh, people should follow Winsider on Playback playback.tv forward slash Winsider join us uh, throughout the year and um it's a lot of fun being a part of those uh part of those live streams and those broadcasts not only for you know people in the audience but people on the stage whenever i have a chance to go on stage it's always great to to you know talk hoops with with anybody else that's up there um but yeah anybody can find that on on you know on social media you can check out Windsider on twitter and, and they're always regularly plugging all of that stuff so feel free to join those those are are a lot of fun and it's a cool way for for fans or just basketball fans in general who want to watch a game to not only watch the game, but also ask questions and hear commentary throughout. So it's really fun to, to do that. And I've, I've had a lot of fun in, in kind of helping the rest of the group um, kind of grow that over the the last year plus it's a, it's a cool new aspect to the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And subscribe to our Patreon too. We've got yes. three different years now. That was another thing uh, that Miles and I have, have been working on over the off season and into the season uh, so, you know, the, the, the classic refrain, you know it if you've followed us for, for, for the price of, I see, I can't even do it. I, I've read it too many times, like a tongue twister now. For less than the price of a cup of coffee a month. Come on, you already know what it is. You can yeah. support our work lot of cool stuff there we got you know kind of fun articles uh, ranking of the mascots or um just stuff that's not as serious as like breaking down the pick and roll defense of the Washington Mystics or whatever um we have some some gambling content on there uh just a hodgepodge mailbags um just stuff that that is coming straight to you that's exclusive um and if you have the means if you are able uh, it it helps us a great deal in continuing to to do what we do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everybody go check all of that out. A lot of great work that's that's not only done on on Winsider.com, but but behind the scenes and in, in kind of another aspects too. So make sure to go check all of that stuff out. Um, when it comes to you know covering the W, um, we we talked about that. What what to you what what is your favorite part about covering the W? And then do you have a maybe favorite memory or something that maybe stood out to you as whether it happened early in your career or, or presently um, that, that happened throughout that time.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I could go a number of different ways with this. I think it's going to sound very cliche, very corny, very like writer, writer of me, but it is, it is true that my favorite part of covering the W is the conversations um, and the people that we meet, I think that a lot has gotten lost. And like, I'm not only am I gonna sound like a, a corny writer, but I'm also gonna sound like 85 years old here. But I do think that in social media and just a lot of like the ways in which journalism is just so quick hitting right now, and everyone, you know, it, our attention sp- spans are split like 10 different ways. I think that just like listening to people has, become something that has kind of gotten lost a little bit. Obviously there's still people listening to each other, but I think that we are all just a little bit frazzled and all over the place right now. And to just talk to someone for 15 minutes and just listen, ask questions and genuinely be curious, I think has been the most rewarding part of covering the W for me, because when you sit down and listen to people, they are fascinating and they have so much to offer uh, and, and and they are so engaging. And I think that the players of this league are just great conversations, great conversationalists. Um, and that has always been my favorite part of, of um, journalism and writing even before I got into the WNBA space. So anytime I have You know, and I get nervous before every interview. Like, it does not matter how many of these I've done. I've been doing it for years and years. Um, And and I'll always have the butterflies. And then the feeling after the interview, and even during it, is unmatched. Because you're just like, oh, yeah, we're all just people. And I I do think that has gotten lost. Like, people just become isolated these days and um, to, like, forge genuine connections and just have someone listen to you or to listen to someone and just talk about whatever doesn't have to be basketball can be basketball. Um, That is always the, the most rewarding part of it for me. I think like in terms of a a singular experience um, I would, I would say two, Uh, one was getting to interview Jackie young over the phone last year. Um, I have been a huge fan of Jackie young since she was at Notre Dame uh, when I was in college at Northeastern that was a big part of me, um, like becoming just an avid fan of women's basketball. And so following those teams and following her career to Las Vegas into the WNBA, I feel like I've been collecting anecdotes and like memories of just watching her as a fan, also as a as a journalist um, for years and years. And then last year seemed like the perfect time to kind of cash in on all of that and really write a deep depth, uh, a deep dive profile on her journey on her life and on her career um and so over the course of the first handful of months of the season i was just in all the zooms talking to her and then uh finally was able to get a one-on-one um with her you know a little bit before the all-star break i believe uh and it was just great because she is just so awesome so down to earth uh really wonderful to talk to um it was so open um in that conversation that I was just, uh, I really, really appreciated that. It was a very cool full circle moment for me um, to then get to write that piece. So I would say that would be one thing. And then again, this is very on brand Owen, but I'm, I'm just going with two ACEs anecdotes here. The second one would have to be um, being able to cover the ACEs winning the title in person. And a lot of it had to do with the whole Jackie thing, like to see her complete that journey and win the title. I'm also a big fan of Asia Wilson. That is, that is no secret. And to see her kind of complete this narrative arc of, of being able to finally um, win a WNBA title uh, and, and just the the aftermath of that. Like I think one of my favorite things in reporting is kind of building scenes and just in a similar Uh, in a a similar way to what I was talking about with just listening. It's also like just observing, right? It's like, all right, doesn't always have to be like breaking news or like texting people for a scoop or whatever. I love the aftermath of when a team wins a championship and just like old fashioned like reporter notebook, just taking notes on like little things you see. Natasha Cloud was part of the broadcast team for ESPN during the finals. And she was there in Connecticut. And Kelsey Plum, like going up to Natasha Cloud after they win the title or Bill Lambeer just kind of roaming around and just being a part of it and kind of getting to see see it through, even though he was no longer the coach. But but stepping aside to to allow someone who could, you know, take them to greater heights. Um, Jade Lee English, the 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 amazing agent for Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray and now Jackie Young like working during those moments. Everyone's turning up, everyone's partying, Kelsey's got like the she's got the boombox on her shoulder. Everyone is lit and Jade Lee is like still on the clock like figuring out travel, like all this stuff. Uh Asia's parents just being so proud and and so happy. There were just so many things where I was just like let me just wander and just see what I can get um and I wasn't even really interviewing anyone for the most part. I was mostly just kind of soaking it all in. That was that was really really
0: cool. Yeah, I kind of echo the the even the you know the 2017 Lynx run um, when they ended up winning the ring that year. Not only was the atmosphere in it was at Williams Arena at the University of Minnesota uh, during the the playoffs, just because Target Center was under uh, remodeling at the time. Um, but being in that arena, which is still one of the loudest I've ever been in. Um, you know, just being a part of that atmosphere is cool, but then, like you said, seeing, not only seeing the team win that you're covering is, is fun or being a part of, or, you know, whatever, if you're in person, if you're a fan of it, whatever it may be, it's fun to be a part of that. Um, you know, as, as a journalist, you try not to be you know biased towards anything, but when you're covering a team, seeing them win, you kind of get some gratitude out of that, or you kind of, you know, it, it's fun to be a part of. And, you know, then to go into the locker room, seeing, you know, all the players just let loose, all the coaches let loose is, it's a lot of fun to be a part of. And it's, it's kind of a dream for a a journalist, just because you, you, like you said, you, you get a lot of good stuff, you get a lot of content, um, but you also just get to experience that joy. And, um, you know, the, the players and the coaches, they put in so much work and just to, to see all that stuff pay off is, is, is really fun to, to be a part of regardless of who you cover, who you're a fan of or, or whatever that may be. So I I can kind of relate to that myself. It's, it's definitely a a really cool experience and and something that you, you won't forget. I, I still remember that like it was yesterday. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely a, a cool thing. That's for sure. Um, when, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the season so far, what, what are your, what are your initial thoughts on the season? Is it kind of, you know, as expected, as you thought it might play out or, um, what do you think so far?
1: I think that it has been a fascinating season. I would say yes and no, in terms of how it's played out. I think that unfortunately injuries have, have, um, kind of uh dampened the mood a little bit like in terms of teams i was really excited to watch washington i think that washington is one of those fringe contending teams where uh you know we banked on them being healthy and they've been anything but healthy and you know we saw it last night in a great game that that we streamed on playback um where minnesota you know kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter as close the whole game washington was livid about the free throw disparity. Ultimately the difference was that Ariel Atkins and Shakira Austin and Elena Deladon are not healthy. And um and that that puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the team to step up, and they have stepped up, but um, you know, winning games on the road in this league, as we all know, is very difficult. And they were not able to do that. So I think that injuries have have definitely um been a bummer, but I would say like in terms of expectations and matching them or, or not. I think that the like big narrative, the whole super team thing, New York, Las Vegas was kind of a hot button uh, topic in the off season. And something that I think was like, it's become very divisive. Like the teams hate it. The players hate it. A lot of the media hates it now. Super teams, whatever. Personally, I'm just kind of like, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm I indifferent. I think that in a way, like bringing casuals in with a super team narrative, I don't think that's harmful. I I think there's way more nuance to it, which is why there's been so much pushback. And this is what I'm getting at. And this is what we've seen is that ultimately it's been kind of a cool lesson in what basketball is at its core, which is that on paper, we looked at these two teams And we were like, damn, these teams, they were basically, you know, Vegas had them very close. They had the aces slightly ahead uh, as a title favorite going into the season. But it was it was extremely tight. Uh, And I think that kind of matched what everyone thought. We look at these two rosters like that's 10 all-stars, you know, that's five starters on one team who are all-stars and five on the other who are all-stars and a lot of Hall of Fame players on both. And what we've learned and what is so cool and beautiful about basketball is that cohesion, camaraderie and reps and years of putting in work alongside one another uh, mean a lot. And we have the New York Liberty who are the second best team in the league who are 17 and five, which is a, a franchise best start for them through 22 games. They are second in net rating by all accounts. This has been a, an amazing first half for the New York Liberty. And yet, there is a a real tangible gap between them and Las Vegas and what Las Vegas has been able to do and that is because the aces have played together for years. You know, this is Chelsea Gray's third year uh, on the team and she is like one of the newer pieces if we're being real if we're talking about the core. Kelsey Plum drafted in 2017. Uh, asia wilson drafted in 2018 jackie young drafted in 2019 even a player like sid colson who is not uh, a part of the rotation but is a big part of team culture they have built this over years and years and and uh we are seeing that borne out on the floor right now they also oh by the way won the title last year so they are picking up where they left off and the result of that is like transcendence. It is historical dominance. They are challenging, and I wrote about this in the piece last week, they are on pace to break or challenge many of the all-time marks uh, of not just like a title team, but like truly the greatest teams ever. And so it's no shade. it's no disrespect to New York. I think this is what basketball is, even though Stewie and slew and and a lot of these players might have played overseas or played on Team USA, uh, together. It's different in the WNBA and we're starting to see them hit their stride. Now they're starting to look more comfortable, um, but it takes time. And I don't think, I think I kind of glossed over and a lot of people glossed over like how quickly out of the gate Las Vegas would just be far and away the best team in the
0: league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of want to go back to, you You know, you are talking about the super team narrative. I, I view it as you know the links and sparks. You know in their their heydays, or you know even just you know maybe ten years ago, whatever it may be. Um, you know I view this time almost kind of similar to that, where everybody just had the foregone conclusion that they're just going to meet up in the finals again, and that happened more often than not. But we see that we see that balance out in every league. That balances back out, and you have this for a year or two, but it eventually works itself back out, and something evens back out, or the entire league landscape balances out. So, I mean, you have it every once in a while. It's not sustainable to have a team like that for 10 years or whatever, whatever it may be. But um, I, I I agree. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I do also agree that there is a very big gap between the two, Um, but you never know. I mean, all, all it takes is, you know, meeting a, um, you know, hitting a hot streak in, you know, one series, we've seen it over and over again of, of, you know, a team coming in as a favorite and they, you know, they fall flat maybe in the second round or whatever it may be. But um, now I'm not saying Vegas will do that because Vegas, like you said, is very good, but I, you know, it, anybody can beat anybody on on any given night. Now, if that, if you can do that over the series, that's a, that's another question, but I, um, uh, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch, and I think it will be a foregone conclusion of who we see in the finals, but you never know. A lot can unfold. Injuries happen um, throughout the rest of the year. Hopefully, everybody stays healthy, but injuries do happen, um, and, and you never know what could happen. So it, it, it'll it be interesting to, to see it play out. I, I do think, you know, with Washington, you were talking about that. I came into the year, too, thinking – you know they could be a team that that could you know make a run if they stay healthy that's the that's the thing we've been saying the last few years if Washington can stay healthy well again they haven't been able to stay healthy um you know Dallas is an intriguing team too they've you know they've been playing really well um you know they <laughs> aria has has them as a um his 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 bet to to win the title he's hoping he can cash in on that so we'll we'll see if if that ends up playing out. But um, I mean, it, there are some teams that are very intriguing in being able to put up a, a fight against those, those top two teams, Connecticut, even without Bree Jones has been able to, um, you know, been able to do really well. Who, who are, I guess, some of your, you know, serious contenders, maybe let's start outside of, um, you know, New York and, and Las Vegas.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. Cause Dallas is like the popular pick right now. And it was funny because, Connecticut went into Dallas on Tuesday night, and I, uh, I, I put a little money on Connecticut because they were an underdog, and I was like, Dallas could very well win this game. And I get it; I'm a huge fan of Dallas. Like, I would love to see them make the finals. Personally, I don't buy it. I do not buy that that they are going to make the finals. Um, I think that it's a it's a fun and popular pick right now, and and frankly, a good one. Like, I'm not saying this is a bad prediction because they have so much talent and we're seeing, you know, career best seasons from a lot of players on that team. They are very deep. They are very big. They are very versatile and they, they are well coached now, um, which, which seems to kind of be a a change from many, many uh, of of the past handful of seasons. Um, Ultimately I don't buy that. They have the juice to sustain this in the playoffs. And I think that the reason why we're seeing them as a, as a fun title pick is because it's fun. Like it's, it's fun to root for that. And it's fun to imagine them in the, in the finals and they could totally do it. It's not fun to pick Connecticut to make the finals. And I hate to feed into a whole disrespect, whatever, but like, it's just every year we do this. We're just like, we don't really want to talk about Connecticut because it's not as flashy. It's not as exciting. uh, It's not as fun. And yet why are they underdogs coming into Dallas? Like they are a better team. I'm sorry. Connecticut is better than Dallas at this moment. And Connecticut has sustained this level of consistent top, top four team in the league for years and years. And like you said, it doesn't seem to matter what happens. Bree Jones goes down. Bree Jones, one of the best centers in the game, like the advanced metrics, love her. The eye test, you know you can see her her impact on the game just by watching doesn't really matter how you slice it she is one of the the best players in this game they never seem to lose their stride the year that they were missing Alyssa thomas the year that jonquil jones sat out now now jonquil gets traded to new york like this team As long as it has a couple of its key pieces, and right now Alyssa Thomas is that key, and DeWanna Bonner is that key, uh, they keep chugging along. So I think if if we're excluding Vegas and New York, we have to start with Connecticut. Because Mm -hmm. Connecticut, if we're doing tiers right now, here are the tiers. Tier one, aces by themselves. Tier two, New York and Connecticut by themselves. And then we can talk about the rest of the league. So I, I love Dallas. Personally, I'm rooting for Dallas. And I could I could see them making the finals. I don't think that's happening. I I think Connecticut has a way better chance uh to to go deep into the playoffs. They have someone who on both ends of the ball is just a force. Like Alyssa Thomas is an engine unto herself. And Tawana Bonner is someone who has won a title in this league, who can score at every level. Who does not seem to care that she's 35? She's playing some of the best basketball of her career. They also have players like role players who are stepping up, you know, in the in the absence of Bree Jones. Natisha Heideman had like a really great week. Atlanta, everything's rosy, set one seven in a row. Connecticut just boom, beats them back-to-back, home and home, uh Heideman cooking. Ty Harris, so solid off the bench. Dijnay Carrington. Tip Hayes, one of the better scorers in the league's history. Like you can go on down the list. Um, This team is deep. They are fierce. They are well coached. Uh, And so I think if we're talking about contenders, I think you got to start with Connecticut. That, that is, that is the first team that is the team that to me most feasibly could knock off one of the top two. And then I also think that Washington is interesting because if they do get healthy, they might be, like a lower seed and if they don't get Vegas because whoever gets Vegas, I'm sorry, is losing to Vegas. But if they got someone else, if they got New York, if they got Connecticut, if they're in that four or five matchup with, with Dallas, wherever it falls uh, Washington could be a very feisty lower seed uh, if they get their pieces back. And I would not be surprised to see them uh, knock someone off. mm
0: mm-hmm. The thing with Connecticut that you you were talking about is they they're just consistent. They're very consistent, and they build that along as a year goes along. It seems like in the latter, you know, the second half of the year, you know, they can they build up to the postseason, and then once they get into the postseason, they're they're, you know, like we say, they're kind of an underdog, even though they're not. Um, but it it they're a very interesting team too. I really wish Bree Jones was healthy. I, th- I mean, I think a lot of people do, but just to see what they could do. Um, this year, because yeah, I I do agree that they're they're a team that that will I think make a lot of noise and could have made maybe more noise with with Bree Jones, um, but they're they're still a very talented team and and they like I said they they seem to ramp it up as year goes along, so I I would probably expect the same thing this year. They're they're uh yeah they're they're consistently there every year, so it's it's just a matter of one of these years they're gonna they're gonna end up breaking through and um. I it, it'll be I can't wait for the postseason to start I want the regular season to to you know continue and I want to you know enjoy the rest of the regular season but it's almost getting to the point where it's like okay we 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 kind of have an idea of of what it looks like now let's 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 get this uh playoff picture figured out and uh get the postseason underway but um it it'll be it'll be fun to watch I mean postseason is it's postseason basketball it's it's always a, a joy to watch and no matter if there's a you know, a clear favorite like Las Vegas, um, it's still going to be still going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's for sure.
1: It, it's always electric. And one last note on Connecticut, too, before we move on is I think that it gets lost like when you are in an era of like uh, truly historically great teams, right? Like you were just talking about 2016, 2017, like Link Sparks. And I think that that this period we're in right now could bring us back to you know mm-hmm. those like classic finals it would be great to get like a back-to-back finals with the same teams as much as I love all these different teams being in it both like you said the ebbs and flows are always great no matter what Um, but I do think it gets lost that Connecticut has gone up against some of the greatest teams ever when Connecticut made the finals in 2019 they face a Washington Mystics team that had and still has, unless Las Vegas breaks it this year, the greatest offensive rating in WNBA history. And they took them to five games. Like, they were a game away from knocking off the greatest offense ever. Something goes differently, and they could win that year. Now, Connecticut is in the era of an Aces team that is one of the greatest teams ever. So sometimes basketball just works like that. You get stuck in an era where you are among some of the greatest talent that has ever played in this league and it's just tough to break through and it's not like oh they're not clutch oh they can't win the big one it's like no they're consistently really great they're giving themselves chances and it just hasn't broke broke their way and maybe it won't and that would be a shame and maybe it will uh but it's just to say that like it's not it shouldn't be seen as a failure that they lost in five games to the mystics in 2019 that they lost in four to to uh to to Las Vegas last year that they lost to to you know that awesome awesome 2021 Chicago Sky team sometimes mm-hmm. it happens
0: right yep exactly um on kind of you know we we're talking about you know contenders on the other side of that um the Minnesota Minnesota Lynx are not a contender this year I mean they they they're improving they're doing better than what they obviously were at the beginning of the year but um, you know, let's be honest, they're, they're not going to be, you know, making a deep playoff run this year. And, and they're they're still in that transition of, of trying to ramp back up and rebuild. And um, we're seeing that throughout the league. I mean, almost the bottom half of the league is, is going through that right now. Um, what are your thoughts on, on what we've seen from Minnesota so far and, and kind of the, the ebbs and flows of the season that, that has been uh, for, for the lynx so far?
1: I'm very excited to talk about Minnesota. I thought you were going to (laughs) throw me the MV lob. MV feet, come
0: on. (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll get to that. This
1: is the official podcast of MV (laughs) feet. I think it's fun to watch the Lynx not as a contender. I am a massive Nafisa Collier fan, and so I want to see Minnesota get back to contention, and I think it's coming. Because if you have Nafisa Collier and Diamond Miller, and oh, by the way, like probably some some decent draft picks in the future and just, you know, the greatest coach of all time still on your side, like you are going to be back in the mix eventually and and they will be there. It is unrealistic to think that you can win four titles in seven years and then still be competitive and make the semifinals and then just like continue to be a contender forever. You There has to be some dips and we're seeing that right now. But it's kind of fun because you don't have the pressure of like, this team needs to win the title right now. Uh, We can just watch a lot of young, spectacular players develop. So I think that like my takeaway right now is I just love, I love the fight in this team. I love that they uh, kind of get written off and then are all of a sudden now like in a really great spot to not just make the playoffs, but also like. Let's be real. You don't want the eight seed this year. Like you don't want to play the aces in the first round. You want to get someone else. Even if you're not going to win that series, you just have a better shot at it. You got better hope. I think they're putting themselves in a good spot to like contend for six or seven, which is really fun. Uh, I will get to fee. I I guess there's, there's some other players I want to shout out. Like I, I love a lot of the players on this roster. Jess Shepard has not played a ton of games this year when she plays she is so damn good. She is so underappreciated. Uh, another of my faves because of that, that Notre Dame team with, with Jackie Young. Uh, Jess Shepherd is like an offensive hub. She is such a such a good passer. She is such a good rebounder. Like in prepping for this podcast, I was, you know, perusing the WMBA.com stats page. And the links are near the bottom in a lot of stats like let's be real they if you look at their net rating they are out outplaying themselves right now in terms of record which speaks to the coaching and it speaks to the fight of these players that they are getting the most out of what they have right now Um but one thing that they have done really well is crash the defensive glass defensive rebounding has been a strength and you got to look at dorka who has come in as a rookie and exceeded expectations just immediately looked really comfortable you have to look at Jess Shepard in the 10 or whatever you know number of games she's played has just been a really good rebounder and a really good passer those two things do not always go hand in hand Um so there's a lot of even like Milic last night coming in and playing what eight nine ten minutes and making the most of of that playing time and, and really impacting the game down the stretch in a way where they will they were able to pull out a win that they needed. Like that was a huge game. Nafisa Nafisa leaves the game with three minutes to go, rolls her ankle, which sucked, and I hated it. Um, they they then pivoted and said, Okay, we have Dorka, we have Shepard, we have Milic, like we have Diamond Miller. That's the other thing. Like ultimately Diamond Miller, the way she is playing since coming back from this injury, has been awesome. I think there was a lot of a, a lot of chatter um about like how will she adapt to the pros right at maryland she had like this unstoppable euro step this step through like these little like long stride type of moves that that seem to work to perfection what will she do when defenses know that that's coming well what we're seeing is like she's got counters ready like she is showing growth already it's not easy to do that as a rookie she is going to be a star in this league i i would bet on her potential 10 times over we're already seeing it just like little crafty moves in the post ways of getting her shot off little fadeaways uh, and counters to, to the defense knowing that her like patented moves are coming even the three-point percentage it, it, it's not good when you look at the number of what it's been over the course of the season but the last three games knocking down the three the shot looks good the form looks good the arc looks good the free throw percentage is good I just think there's a lot to be excited about on this team. And I know that was an answer that just went in 10 different directions, but I think that kind of embodies how I feel about the Lynx right now is like, I could talk about a bunch of different players on this team and get really jazzed by the growth that they're showing and just them kind of working through the hiccups uh, of a long season and starting to figure it out. And uh, yeah, I think the future is pretty, pretty damn bright
0: they that you know they're in a really good spot as a rebuilding team. They have the pieces. Like you a lot of times when teams are going through uh, you know rebuilding phase like you could even look at maybe Seattle as an example. You don't really know what direction they're really going to go in. And in Minnesota you can see they have three four pieces in place where if they can get a couple players to surround them, they're going to be pretty dang good like right away. And um you know going back to to Diamond Miller, I I think that that part or that that stretch earlier in the year where she sat out with that ankle injury I think that was really good for her just to take a step back and watch the game learn the game Um, you know kind of learn more about the X's and O's and just kind of take a deep breath and you know she already experienced it a little bit take a break and then come back even better and and that's what we've seen since she's returned she's you know earlier in the year she she tried to do, and, and Cheryl Reeve mentioned this after after the win against um, um, Washington on Wednesday night. That you know, Diamond Diamond has been able to to kind of adapt her game to okay, what worked in college, maybe that's not going to work in the WNBA. How can I you know adjust that, and how can I expand my game beyond that? And that's what we've seen. We've seen her, you know, earlier in the year she was she was more of an offensive threat. Now she can do it all. She can pass. She's, you know, play in the post. She can, you know, she can obviously shoot, she can rebound, she can, um, you know, do a little bit of everything. She has those hustle plays. She's a, she, you know, she's already becoming a good, you know, vocal leader. Um, And, and that's, that's a great sign of, as a rookie, that's just a little over halfway into her rookie season. And I, I think it's only going to, you know, continue to grow. And she, the thing with her too, is she wants to learn, she listens and she's very humble, and that whenever you have that that recipe, it's only good things are going to come. I mean, I, I I look at it like Nafisa Collier; they're very similar in the way they handle themselves. And you know, I I asked um, Diamond um, after the Wednesday night win that you know, is the game slowing down? Do you feel more comfortable now? Uh, you know, maybe than you did earlier in the year. And she's like, at points, yes. And then at points, I think, okay, what am I doing out here? And she knows that she's not there yet. And a lot of players, once they start finding success in their rookie season, they get, you know, they're very, um, you know, they they kind of get, you know, they settle for where they're at, where she's not going to do that. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, you know, just with her and Fee alone, that's a great pairing to have or you know years to come for you know however whatever direction this team's going to go in and I think they're they're in a really great spot they have a lot of cap space um like you said they they're you know potentially going to be in, in place for a decent pick um, whether that's in a lottery or not, who knows but um you know that that's that they're in a situation where they're they're ready and and you start to actually see a vision um, and you start to see what this team is is building towards and, and what they can become which, for the first time in I don't know how many years that that we've had that. I mean, was during the dynasty run, you just knew what team Minnesota was going to have. Um, and then after that, you didn't know what they were trying to do. They were trying to push their chips in for Sylvia Falls, but there was no clear vision of the direction they were going to go. Um, this year, it was, it was kind of a reset almost to to figure out what they want to do. Um, and then, you know, this offseason when when, uh, you know, some contracts come off the books, um, they'll be ready to to kind of strike and make those moves. so they're they're doing it kind of exactly how you want to do it. And um, I think that this team could be could be in a position to to make some noise when maybe you know the likes of Las Vegas and New York are kind of coming down from that, um, you know, down from their their stretch or their kind of their maybe dynasty or super team era. Um, uh, I don't want to throw out the dynasty <laughs> phrase just yet, but the the kind of the super teams that they they have, um, you know, in place right now. so, Minnesota can make some noise. They could, they could be there. I, obviously, it's it's not fun going through a rebuilding year, but like you said, everybody goes through it, and and that it's just Minnesota's turn to do it right now.
1: And 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 this is what I said when people were questioning the process and what is Cheryl doing, and this team is aimless and blah 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 blah. It's like, yo, you have Nafisa Collier. Most teams do not. You have Nafisa Collier. You have a future. Like as long as she is not like. Actively wanting to dip, and by all indications, I don't care to speculate. Whatever it seems like, she really, uh, you know, has a, has a great re- has has made great relationships there. If you have Nafisa Collier on your team, that is the future. Like you don't have superstars of that level, uh, and and, and get depressed about oh well, th- this team is no direction, whatever, blah 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 blah. Like, yo, she is young and she's a superstar. She is right now for me, top five MVP, easy, MVP. And so, I, you know, like it's become like a fun thing to say on Twitter, but like earnestly, that is where you start. Like those are the type of players that you build franchises around for years and years and years and enjoy great success. And it all comes down from there. And so then you add a piece like Diamond Miller and then it's like, oh, dang, now we've got two building blocks. Mm-hmm. You know, the future is very bright. But even in the years where, like you said, they were getting the most that they could out of the final Sylvia Fowles years, which guess what is fine? Like she deserved that. And they won, you know, they won many titles and and uh, it, it is what it is. But I think ultimately, like Nafisa being back and being this good. Uh, that that's all you need to hear to to know that good things are to come in Minnesota
0: yeah we we talked about mV fee. um that that's kind of my next uh next question. do you you know it's, I, there's no no questioning or, or no questioning it at all of the type of season she's having. She's having a great season. she's been the best player on on the links and she I think she she is in that MVP conversation. Now, if she's going to win it, I don't, I don't know uh, just for the the fact that Minnesota isn't one of those, those top teams in the league that we traditionally see an MVP come from. What are your thoughts on, on, on her? And you kind of t- touched on a little bit um, in, in what you had just said about her, but do you think she has a legit shot to, to, to make MVP or to win MVP? Or what do you think it would take for her to, to kind of get into that conversation a little more?
1: I, I don't think she has a legit shot. I think she has a legit case. Uh I don't think she has a legit shot. I I mean also with this ankle injury last night which I guess we have to see I I haven't seen anything. I wasn't in the post game last night. I don't know if there's a timetable or anything. But the season is so short uh and the margins are are so thin that like if she missed a couple games uh that would that would hurt her her case. I think ultimately like it would take some of like the greatest play we've ever seen in basketball history to get her into the top tier of this conversation. And it's not because of her. It's because of how good, basically to me, it's like how good Asia Wilson has been right now, mm-hmm. Uh which, you know, shout out to the podcast, bring it back. Come on, give us the tea. But uh I think that I think right now I have Nafisa, either third or fourth. I have Asia one, I have Stewie two, and then I have Alyssa Thomas and Nafisa right in that three, four range. And then I'd have Jackie, Jackie young fifth. I think ultimately if we're talking about like, does she have a shot at it? It is just too difficult. Like you said, to be this much in the middle of the pack, unless you are putting up numbers that are like, have never been seen before. Nafisa has been spectacular but she's not like breaking the scoring record and the assist record and, and the block record or whatever. Um, I think what it would take would be just like a stretch of 17 games that has never been done before. And Minnesota surging into like the top three or four, which I don't see happening just because of this roster. But I, at the same time, I do not at all hold it against her. I almost think it adds to her case that you have this team that is still very much in a transition phase and has a lot of really good players, as I mentioned. But let's be real, nothing uh, comparing to like what Connecticut, what New York, what uh, Las Vegas has on their roster. Um, her like propelling Minnesota into the playoffs, into the seven spot, into the sixth spot, wherever they end up. That to me is as impressive as Alyssa Thomas powering the Connecticut engine to a top three seed, a top two seed, wherever they end up. So mm-hmm. I think that it's kind of just like, you have to just view it uh, in the context that it's in and, and go from there. I've never been someone who thinks that you have to be on a top three seed to win MVP. If, if you are, you know, on a team that just stinks and Minnesota does not stink do get me. Don't, don't, don't mistake me here, but let's just say, hypothetically, you're on a team that stinks and you carry them to the seven or the eight seed. Like, that could be as impressive as being on the one seed and being the best player on that team, right? It, it 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 it's impossible to uh to like it's apples and oranges, and you just have to you just have to view everything in the context that it's in. As I said, so I think that Minnesota is better than that. They they have real talented WNBA players, but I also think that Nafisa is clearly the best player on this team. Is just so good, is so efficient, is 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 showing growth in ways that we have wanted to see. There's still even things she could do to 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 get even better, which I have no doubt she will do. Like, what if she gets back to being a 40% three-point shooter? Like personally, I think that's coming. And then it's like, there's nothing you can do. Uh defensively, just so good, so smart. Um, so I, I think she she has a case, but I do not think she really has a realistic shot. And it's mostly just because Asia Wilson is, is, is,
0: is her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I thought even I kind of made the prediction before the year that I, I thought she'd, she'd inch into that, you know, that MVP conversation. Um, but like you said, I, I don't think she has a le- legit shot um, now, especially with the the injured ankle, that's going to throw a, um, you know, a wrench into, the, into everything. Hopefully she's, she's not out long if, you know, if at all, but um, yeah, it didn't look, look great on Wednesday night when she had to leave the game. Um, she did not look comfortable and I know she couldn't put a, couldn't put a lot of pressure on, on that ankle. So we'll see how that develops. But um, I mean, she like you said her game has has only continued to expand and and that's credit to all of her work over the last year and even the offseason and, and getting herself not only back into shape uh, but also just you know honing her game and she she hasn't looked like she's you know skipped the beat at all it looks like she honestly just took a year off and she's she's back and, and kind of better than ever um you know Cheryl Reeve had talked about you know getting her to focus on the three ball a little bit more and kind of establish that into her game, which Minnesota needs desperately. They need, they need help, um, you know, shooting from deep. Um, But, you know, if she can do that, I agree that, you know, she, she can do just about everything else. And she steps up when the team needs her most, which is what you want your best player to do. And one of the top players in the league to do. Um, And, and I think that, you know, maybe, I don't want to say next year, but, you know, maybe in the the coming years, she's maybe, you know, a top two candidate for, for that, uh, you know, for MVP and she's only in her fifth year. You can only, you can say that she's only played four seasons because she played four games last year. I don't even really consider that a year, but she's in her fifth year and we're already talking about her like this. So, I mean, she's, she's unreal. She's, She's always gonna be MV and that's kind of hard to say. MV fee. It's easier to type than it is to say.
1: It's way easier as a hashtag. She'll always be, I've been <laughs> shouting it from the rooftop since she got drafted. Like I, I yeah. it's like people are like surprised. It's like, yo, in her second year, she was one of the five, in my opinion, in her second year in the in the in the bubble, she was one of the five best players in the league. Like mm-hmm. we have seen this coming this is not a surprise even her rookie season like she is just different she's a superstar i totally agree like i would 100 bet on her winning mvp eventually like mm-hmm. she's just gonna get better and better uh yeah she's she's
0: unreal yeah we we kind of talked about mvp but let's let's maybe uh make some predictions on on the rest of the um uh, you know some of the end of the season awards what uh let's start with um most improved player who do you think uh is kind of the front runner or the favorite for that
1: This might be, I think this is so. I I was maybe saying this in our Slack, I I don't remember where. Uh, Usually, I'm not a fan of most improved player because, like, the goalposts always shift. We -hmm. always inflate improvement for just like health and availability or going into a better situation. It's so damn hard to just like tangibly talk about improvement and, and actually boil it down to like a top three or a top five. This year, I'm kind of down for the most improved player conversation because it really does seem like there's some some real uh some real like excitement uh in discussing this. So I kind of think this is the most intriguing award. Um, and I'm glad you led with it. I think that if I had to name one player, I would say Jordan Canada. Uh, I just love what she's doing. The Sparks are in a really tough spot. The they're figuring out a lot of fit issues. They have had some real health and availability uh misfortune. They are also rebuilding and not trying to contend this year. They very much had were very intentional about this. Um, when Kurt Miller came in in the off season in saying that like this is going to be a process, like that we are not going to uh contend out of the gate. Uh, even though they have some really great players. Uh, I think what Jordan Canada has done uh, in terms of like becoming more well rounded in her game and having just less exploitable flaws and just being really, really good uh, has been extremely fun to watch. So I, I, she would get my vote right now. Um, I also think that, you know, Satu Satu Sabli like uh, kind of brings to the forefront the, the difficulty in this conversation that I was just referencing, right? Mm-hmm. Like she, she is undoubtedly improved. Like she is such a hard worker. She has, she has put in the work. She has improved. She ha- is having a career season. She is also healthier than she's ever been. She's also in a better situation in the WNBA that she's ever been. So it's just a, it's a, it's a, 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 a lot of factors that are contributing to this growth. Um, but I would say you definitely have to mention her. And then you could just go in like a whole, a whole different host of directions. Like it's, you know, sometimes I think like the the top players in the league. You, we it's way more fun to have most improved player be like someone who has made a real leap. Um, but I do also think that it's like, you know, it's just Jackie Young has been in the most improved player discussion every single year of her career, and I think that that's a funny thing. And so I just wanted to mention her because like you know
0: that's who i was was, gonna bring up
1: yeah like there was a narrative right that like she was because she was drafted number one in a draft that by the way was loaded and had at number six someone who we just talked about for Mm -hmm. for a while who, who was an mvp contender uh like jackie had the overwhelming pressure and expectations of being the number one pick and i think it gets lost in that narrative where before she like made this massive leap last year and became like a a lethal three-point shooter. It got lost that like, if you look at her career, she has improved every year, like really, really impressively and made strides all around in different aspects of her game every single season. The year before she made the leap, 2021, she was talked about as most improved player. Like people forget that. Then last year, obviously, most improved player could you could you go back to back no probably not but i think for my money the leap that she's made this year is the toughest leap to make like it, it it is it's not easy by any means to make a leap like from you know a solid role player a starter to like an all-star every leap is difficult but the leap from like all-star to like all-w first team mvp candidate that might be the toughest leap to make like it is really rarefied air that she has gotten into this year by being unstoppable. Like, Mm -hmm. just no weaknesses. Whatever you do, doesn't matter. She's got a counter. Oh, I'm the best three-point shooter in the league now, and I'm also, like, the best guard in the paint from an efficiency standpoint and oh yeah i also guard the other team's best perimeter player every year it's ludicrous like jackie young just every year this should be like the jackie young award because she just (laughs) improves every every year is awesome
0: yeah i i i wanted to bring up rookie of the year i i think that's that's going to be kind of a a foregone conclusion i think Leo boston is is you know is yeah the slam dunk to to taking home that award. So we'll, we'll kind of gloss over that one a little bit. Although that's not a knock on Diamond Miller. She's having a great year, but it's it's Boston's award, I think, to lose. Um, And and like you said, I think it's a, a slam dunk there. How about uh, the best coaching job? Who do you think would would take home uh, Coach of the Year? Who's done the best job so far?
1: This is another really fun one. I just think I'm going to shout out some other people, but I my Coach of the Year is Becky Hammond right now. Like, I'm sorry. I, and it's it, – it's, It's difficult, right? It's like we could just you can it's chicken or the egg situation. Oh, they have so much talent. It's easier to coach. team. Yeah, it's easier to coach Chelsea Gray and Asia Wilson and Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum and Alicia Clark and on and on. Like it is easier, but it is also not discounting like how damn crisp their actions are, how intentional they are about everything. How they just get the most out of everything. I don't think we. To me, she's the best coach in the league right now, um, especially with James Wade going to to the NBA. Um, I I just think that that Becky deserves it, and and it would be silly to like uh, discount her because this team is so damn good. Now that said, she also has a great fuck uh, a a great a great gig. Like she she is someone who is able to just. Walk in to work every day and coach the best players in the world in the in this great facility. Um, and and so, uh, yeah, I get so excited that I almost just cussed and I apologize. You can That's see okay. it. It's like, I, you I'm can. Like, That's fine. I, I I was like I talk about the aces and I I just I uh, yeah I get excited. But if 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 we're not talking about Becky, a couple people I think um. Latricia Trammell in uh in Dallas deserves a lot of credit. Like LT came in there and kind of uh changed the culture a little bit, and just I think is like bigging these players up in a way that um has been really awesome to see. There was a like a mic'd up clip at the very start of the season where Arike uh had made some some crazy shot and was kind of like you know, talking, talking her game and LT was just like affirming everything. I was like, yeah, like you are, <laughs> you are,
0: you are that, is that hype person behind her. Yeah. And like, that's
1: <laughs> awesome to have in a coach. Like you can be like coach mode and you can also be like, you know, hype person. And I think like a balance between the two uh, is, is really awesome. So all credit to LT. I think uh, she, she would probably be number two, on my list right now and then outside of that uh there's a lot of people you could you could shout out that are doing good jobs like i i think people have like weirdly cooled on tanisha right because like maybe we were talking about this on playback last night right like her the offensive system there there might be some 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 weaknesses there, some frustrations i get that i see that i also think defensively schematically like they are so they're they're just so solid Uh, And she is just someone who I think the the players just respect and really appreciate. She just has a great balance of like being for the players and also telling the players like when they need to step up. Um, So I would shout her out. Uh, Stephanie white is doing a tremendous job Uh, all around the league. I think the coaching has been really solid. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, Um, but I would say those, I, I would say it's Becky, then it's LT. And then maybe, maybe Steph white would get my third slot. Um, but I, I like a lot of what I'm seeing coaching wise around the league. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's, uh, let's jump forward to, to, you know, not to skip the rest of the regular season, but let's go into the postseason. Ultimately, who do you think will meet in the finals and who do you think comes out on top in the end?
1: Las Vegas, mm-hmm. New York, Las Vegas, and four, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's, that, that, that's where I'm at with it. I think, I think, like I said, I think Connecticut has the best shot at, um, at uh making the finals if it's not one of those two teams ultimately new york has played connecticut well so far in the regular season and new york is getting better new york has more like ceiling still to achieve right like we're, we've seen the last handful of games since the camp day loss uh last week was it last week i think it was last week against dallas at home bad bad loss for the liberty out of the all-star break since then John Quell jones just looks healthier she is playing more confidently she is able to do more she is she has just been awesome on the on the glass um and just in the interior scoring i'm really excited to watch watch her tonight because she has just been killing it but Laney way more incorporated into the flow of the offense she's not just being relegated to like spot up shooting duties they're really like she is su- such a good player in so many ways and not only has she been really efficient from three this year, but now she's also, she's one of the best cutters in the game. She is so good going left and getting to the hoop. She's good at like sealing people deep in the post and getting off like little post looks, little turnarounds. Um, And, and, and she just feels way more like naturally in the flow of the offense right now. Obviously Sabrina has is, 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 is Sabrina. Uh, Stewie is Stewie. They have, one of, you know, the greatest, if not the greatest point guard ever. So I think that ultimately I lean New York uh, in that matchup going into the finals. If everyone's healthy, I've got Vegas in four. I think injuries could change that, but we don't want to think about that or or, or um, just hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, I think Las Vegas historically, you know, go read about it on winsider.com. I wrote about it last week. Like they have a very good chance. They are on pace to be the best team ever in net rating to surpass the 2000 Houston Comets. They are on pace to surpass the greatest average margin of victory. Uh, so many different metrics. They are first in offense. They are first in defense. They could have the greatest winning percentage uh, of all time. They also play New York four times in August, including for the Commissioner's Cup. So I think that, um, that actually probably advantages new york a little bit where like they 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 want they they want those reps more right they need those reps more against the best team and i think they'll figure some things out in those matchups um ultimately if chelsea gray and asia wilson and jackie young and kelsey Plummer on the court is just what do you do like they just have, have the edge to me i think new york is good enough to get a game i think new york is good enough to push it to five New York is good enough to win. Like all of these things are possible. It, it would not be like an absolute shock if New York won the finals. If Connecticut won the finals, ultimately Vegas in four seems like the sweet spot. You're gonna you're gonna steal a game, but like taking two, taking three off this team if they're playing right. to their capabilities. I don't see it. They're too mm. damn good, and we saw what Chelsea Gray. And Asia Wilson did in the playoffs last year. Like, you think this is good, you think this is impressive. They have another level to go to. And ultimately, that is like the that is the cheat code when you when you talk about playoff basketball. Asia is one of the greatest offensive players ever, but her defense, like, is to me, we haven't talked about defensive player of the year. Like, she's my defensive player of the year back to back. Like, give her all the awards back to back because what she is doing defensively changes the game dramatically. And then offensively, you've got Chelsea Gray who for my money is the best combination of create my own shot or pass the ball in in the game. Like she she can get any shot off and be super efficient doing it and she is also just a a, a truly spectacular passer. Um and there's just not a lot you can do with that. The Liberty are are making real strides. I think they'd be competitive. They could win ultimately like defensively i don't think they can keep up and uh so i'd go i'd go aces over liberty at four
0: yeah i i I mean look at look at the aces they've only lost two games all year you're not beating this team three times out of five you know i mean it's 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 just i i you there's not enough talent on any team in in the league i don't think to to match that depth to match that firepower and yeah, and that's not a knock on anybody. It's just it's just the reality, and Vegas is just a juggernaut. And yeah, I I do agree with that. I would, I would agree that I you know, I could even see a sweep. But I I do think that if it's New York, they're just they're way too talented to to not take at least one game. Um, but it's kind of the the gentleman sweep as as people like to call it. But um, yeah, I, I think that four is is probably the that's what I would probably go with myself. So New York. I, uh, New
1: York. New York feeds off the crowd really well. Like I I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if it was a four game series, if it followed the exact format of the finals last year Mm -hmm. where Vegas takes care of business in the two games at home, one of them, very close. One of them, maybe not as close game three, a finals game at Barclays center would be electric. Like we saw last year in the one, the, the, the first playoff game that the Liberty hosted at Barclays against Chicago, they lost that game but it was competitive. And like when New York gets on a run in Barclays center, that place is going bonkers. And if you think it was good in the first round, if you think it's good, you know, uh, Tuesday night against the Seattle storm in July, like catch Barclays center. If they get a, if they get a home WNBA finals game against the aces, I think that alone, like you could just see Sabrina pulling up from like near half court and and John Quell like just getting every offensive rebound and Banaja like hitting a corner three and then just has that look like you, no one can stop us. Like I think that alone would would propel them to a win. Um and maybe more. So I think I would love to see that. But mm-hmm. yeah, the aces are, are too damn good.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a matchup everybody coming into the year wanted to see. And I I I think that would be a very, very fun, uh, fun series, as as is like I said, the entire playoffs. Um, regardless of who's in it, what the matchups are, it's always entertaining. It's always a lot of fun. Um, I, I, the, the regular season is, is great. It's been fun so far, but we're, we're, like I said, we're officially getting to that point where we're, we're all getting ready. So it, it, it'll be fun, but well, um, Owen, I, I really appreciate you joining. Um, um, it was a, it was a blast to talk with talk basketball or talk to WNBA, talk about you talk about the links. Um, it was a, it was a really great conversation and, and I appreciate you joining and, we'll uh we'll have to uh keep harping on that mv fee and uh we'll we'll live it into existence one day
1: absolutely yeah right back at you mitchell it was a it was a blast appreciate you having me on and uh hashtag mv fee
0: come on yeah absolutely yeah everybody go uh make sure to to check out owen on on, on social media on winsider um join us all on, on playbacks uh, check out the podcast him, him and miles as you mentioned at the beginning um and, and make sure to to go check out his work. So Owen, thanks again for joining. And we'll we'll have to do it again soon. It was a blast.
1: Yeah, cheers man. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you once again to Owen for joining the podcast this week. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, um Owen is very knowledgeable, knowledgeable. He's great. Um he's somebody that um you know he he could I could just listen to him talk about basketball all day. He just knows the league so well, knows all the teams so well. Um and it, it's great insight from him and and like I said he he does a lot of, um, you know, good in-depth stuff. You know, he did on this podcast. He does on his own podcast, "Pull Up with Miles and Owen," um, and he does that. You know, that translate into his written content at Windsider and elsewhere. So go check him out at Owen Pence on Twitter um, and, and follow all of his work and, and join us on our, our Windsider playbacks and, and interact with Owen, myself, uh, the rest of the team there. Um, a lot of cool stuff happening. So we we want to. We want to give back to you, the the listeners, the readers, and and fans, and um, hopefully you enjoy the content we push out, and and including this podcast in in offering some some insight and um, you know a different perspective on things. Uh, before we wrap the, the podcast up this week, I wanna wanna give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Rushing for producing this podcast every week as I always do. Um, Jeremy's a, a great guy who does great work in, in helping produce this podcast. I'm really appreciative for Jeremy and his work. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to our, our two uh, sponsors, our two partners at Hitting the Hardwood. First one's Homage, and the second one is Better Edge. Um, first, I'll, I'll start with Better Edge, b-t-t-or-edge.com. com. Um, that's BetterEdge.com. Go check them out. Um, a lot of really cool stuff to, to be able to bet on basketball, bet on other sports, um, You know, bet against other people, compete against other people. I regularly do competitions. You can come compete against me, compete against others, compete against your friends. Um, and it's just a cool, cool avenue to, to, to bet on, on sports, bet on games. Um, and it's a, it's a really cool, easy um, app in the, in a program that they, they have there to, it's very user friendly. Um, and it makes, you know, betting very easy and, and a lot of fun too. And, and there's a, what I really like about Better Edge is there's a, so, a social, kind of a social media um, aspect to it, or kind of a social uh, tab that you can go to, and and you can you know you can post on there just kind of like you would on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever it may be. Um, you can post different things there, invite people to your leagues, um, comment on on people's uh, posts, and, and so on. So uh, it's really cool, really user friendly, and and it's a it's a lot of fun to go bet there. I, I'm somebody who likes to likes to use that quite a bit, um, and, and to bet on on sports, not only the WNBA, not only basketball, but other sports as well throughout the year. So go check them out. Um, and if you go, if you're a first time user, go to betteredge.com. Once again, that's B-T-T-O-R edge.com. Go check out betteredge.com forward slash links. Sign up using the promo code links, L-Y-N-X, and you'll get a free $20 in, in, in free play. So if, if that persuades you enough to go at least check it out, you get $20 free to play with. So go check that out. Uh, betteredge.com forward slash links. Use the promo code links. And then the second one is, is Homage. Like I mentioned, um, Homage has has a, a lot of really cool vintage clothing um, anywhere from T-shirts to shirts to to you know any other any other gear you can think of, they, they have there at, at homage. That's H-O-M-A-G-E.com. Um, go check us out on, on social media at hitting hardwood or at hitting the hardwood everywhere else, and um, and, and go check those those links that we have for for homage. And uh, if you go if you buy something through those links, it comes back and supports hitting the hardwood. Um, those are it's mainly for links gear and WNBA gear. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff from, from logo uh, t shirts, logo hoodies, um, WNBAs, team specific, um, and other WNBA gear as well. Um, other, other shirts, other, you know, just general logo shirts, logo sweatshirts. Um, a, real, a lot of really cool stuff. So go check it out. Um, I, I can't do it justice just listing some of the things here. It's, there's a lot of really cool stuff, and I've, I've already bought way too much from that website. So um, go check them out, h o m a g e.com. That's homage.com. Once again, I want to thank you all for, for joining the podcast this week. Like I said, I really enjoy doing this every week, and, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Um, and Reach out to me on social media. Email me, um, whatever it may be. Um, if you have any suggestions, uh, feel free to let me know. Um, and go check out our Patreon page, our, our team, or our, not our team store, the, the Hitting the Hardwood store. It's kind of a team store, but um, Hitting the Hardwood store, and, and check out a lot of that, that gear there as well. Um, and anything that you can do or anything you can contribute, I really appreciate it. It helps uh, ensuring the longevity of this podcast and make sure I can continue to do it every week. So thank you for everybody that, that supports uh, Hitting the Hardwood, supports myself. And uh, uh, we're gonna keep this thing going. Uh, we're gonna keep the season going. Links are playing well. Um, everything's everything's going well right now and just need to get Nafisa Collier back on the floor and, and hopefully can continue this season out strong and continue this podcast out strong. Uh, so once again, I wanna thank you all for listening. I will talk to you guys next week. You have a great week. Thank you.